You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Girls, ladies, gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan and Delatory. Beautiful Monday morning, same corner, same time. I look forward to doing this with you guys, man. How y'all boys feeling? Y'all good? Just, just recovering from the weekend. That's the day we know, right there. That's the day yeah. we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, buddy. Put that the on your tombstone. Recovering from the weekend, man. Yeah, mm. the city that I live in was invaded by pirates this week. Mm. That's so, crazy. Uh, Gasparilla, if those of you guys that aren't familiar, is a uh, made-up holiday in Tampa uh, where a group of fake pirates invade the city and they have a parade, uh, both on sea and land. They had about 500,000 people here. Uh, this weekend, I've learned that it's the third largest parade in America, uh, but it's just a bunch of people, all sizes, shapes and ages, just getting drunk for an in literal entire day. Um, Listen, you don't need to give a, a red blooded American an excuse to get drunk. Um, no. And then and then you're adding some pirate lore to, yep. <laughs> to the drunken debauchery. It's sign nice. up half a million people. Dude, when I moved here like 10 years ago, I had heard of Gasparilla, but I'd never been. I love it. It's a ton of fun. But I was telling the boys before the show, I think this is the last year oh. that I'm going to do the parade. No, hey, but, like, maybe this time next year, we're having the same conversation. And I'm put, <laughs> putting, up the, uh, putting up the pirate hat, putting away the sword, and um, putting the swashbuckler away. But I think, I think I'm paraded out now. This, this time was was the tipping point spam peg leg dan in the comments for me uh give him some encouragement to show up to gasparilla 25 oh still be doing gasparilla festivities don't get me wrong but just not on the parade route mm. Mm. i see some people do gasparilla on boats and whatnot like a whole yeah. vibe that's i haven't done gasparilla yet so you can't quit just yet bro like yeah yeah, yeah. no wait, wait um, for me to get out there and then we have a you know seems, seems like uh the the boating highways would also be clogged. I don't know if I trust people on boats any more or less than people on land, but at yeah. least on land, I have complete control of where I go. That's true. On a boat, you know, there it's a little too much. Uh, I wouldn't mind being on a captain boat. But I've seen people out there. I see the drinks in their hands, and I see the way that they drive their boats and. It's just not a not an a real pirate vibe though. You're not a real pirate vibe if you're not on the water. You feel me? Maybe I'm just not a real pirate then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just not not ready to handle the seas. Um, how was y'all's weekend? Easy weekend. I spent all week on PTO. Loved it. Nice. Get, uh, get some time to recharge. Uh, Jaden Rashada tried to steal me of my January for a second year in a row, but I took time off this this uh, this January because uh, baseball's starting. Last year, baseball 
took me all the way up to my wedding. So taking a week off, recharge the batteries, come back, ready to go. Yeah, sounds might, about right. Might might just put in for PTO this week, too. Yeah, felt, felt great. Felt back great. to back. You just got it stacked up. You Don't, don't run out early in 2024, man. You got to save something, man. Just, it's just, hey, just call me Drake. We're going back to back. <laughs> I don't think I'll be doing that. <laughs> I had a good weekend, man. No, no complaints on my behalf. Uh, I'm enjoying the weather. It's not, it's not freezing cold, but it's a, a good break, and you know the summer's on the horizon. So, yeah. South Florida, South Floridians, we gotta appreciate any, any cool weather. Uh, went down to Miami, filmed some with uh, Tyreek Stevenson. We just stacking up content on the, on the roll up mm. side of things for a relaunch. In a few weeks here, so we just stockpiling. I uh, got to head to the Pro Bowl in Orlando this weekend to get some more content off. So just been vibing, man. Had family in tow. You know, this has been the vibes. Work, family, just kicking it. No PTO yet. Is that Tyreek home that you were at? Uh, no, that was a production condo down in Miami. Gotcha. Yeah, he's, he's smart enough not to to buy or rent or do anything in South Florida on that rookie contract. So I think he spends all of his time in Orlando in that area or back in Chicago, but South Florida, he's just there to hang out for a day or two. And then he's back out of there. Smart kid. Yeah. I was going to say that was, that was no shortage of at least a few million dollars worth of, uh, of a condo plus that building uh, has probably twenty thirty thousand dollars a month in uh, condo fees. Yeah, that building has some stars in it for sure, man. Like the cars and, and, and the clientele that's in it. I forgot Tyreek was, was committed to Florida at one time. I, yeah. I completely forgot about that till we started sitting down and talking or uh, recruiting a little bit. And um I'll save some of the, 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 the interview for you guys to watch it, but it was it was a dope conversation. And I forgot that he was once a gator and committed for, for a few minutes, then ended up at Georgia and then Miami in the portal. Dope stuff. Well, good stuff. Well, we got uh, an action-packed show uh, for you guys today. Uh, but before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Lucy. If you are looking for nicotine pouches, you're looking for a way to maybe get yourself energized or maybe to, to chill out, relax, however you might use nicotine, uh, take a look at Lucy. Go visit lucy.co forward slash stadium. Uh, all different flavors. They have everything from two milligrams all the way up to 12 milligrams of 100% pure nicotine, apple ice, espresso, mint, mango, whatever flavors you might want uh, are available direct to you. If you use the promo code statement, check out, you'll get 15% off of your order or pardon me, 20% off of your order. You'll also get free shipping with Lucy. So again, Look at the alternatives that are out there on the market. Look at Lucy, lucy.co forward slash stadium. Again, 20% off and free shipping. Here's the fine print. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified. Warning, this product does contain nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, gentlemen. So last week... We talked a little bit about it, but it happened on, I believe, Wednesday. The Gators landed the commitment of former four-star and starting safety of the University of Washington, Asa Turner, uh, who is joining the uh, Gators program uh, for one season left. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him, but gentlemen, what was your uh, reaction when the Gators landed? 
Christopher. My, my reaction was Silk getting a lot of race baiting uh, accusations Ooh. on Twitter. Big, big race baiting on Twitter from Silk. People think you were just trying to make some jokes. Man, you gotta have a good time, man. How's it? It's not race baiting, man. It's it's good jokes. <laughs> you, uh, I, somebody got in my comments and called them Amar White. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I got off Major White. Um, Major White. What, what, what was the Both other? Those are funny. Reggie Paleson. Reggie Paleson. Like it's just a good joke. Uh, we we had said on the show last week where I was asked uh, what I accept. I think the kid film is good. He 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 brings a lot to the table that we've been missing in the last few years. Physicality, uh, can run the alley very well. Makes sure tackles. Just makes plays around the ball. He did battle some injuries out there in Washington, uh, mm -hmm. but as long as he's healthy, I think he brings an element to our safety room that we don't have, and it, and is very needed. Um, a veteran guy, and and you know somebody we need somebody to push our young boys and not just gift them starring positions. You know I know we. Want to see the young boys get more reps, and we're okay when some of these older guys transfer out. But you're in, you're essentially just gifting starting roles. So to bring him in, if Castell or Thornton or one of these young boys beat him out, then we're in good we're in a good space. So mm -hmm. a really good get, you know. Shout out to Will Harris for for closing on the guy that he had before. Yeah, I think with Turner and and Trequise Bridges, um, those are two veteran guys. But I think both with only one year to play. Um, who are coming in and, and going to play or compete at safety? Um, I, I think Jordan Castell has that has a spot locked down, but like 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 Silk just said, nothing is going to be given. You're going to have to earn um, those spots, and and that's a good spot to be in for Florida. Um, but Asa Turner, um, the kind of physicality that Florida hasn't. I don't like. I don't think he's. I'm not going to say he's Keanu Neal, but the kind of physicality that Florida probably hasn't had at safety. Uh, in eight, nine years since like Keanu Neal and uh, Matt Elam and those guys were playing safety. Yeah. Yeah. Comes with a, a lot of experience. Um, he's played, this will be his sixth season of playing Super football. duper senior. Yep. Super duper senior. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's been, he's been fine. Has a, you know, not stats that are going to necessarily stand out, but everybody that uh, that talks about him, um, you know, has said great things. I, I don't. I think he's six three two twenty, give or take. Uh, there. Um, oh, I'm sorry, six three two hundred pounds. Uh, One hundred forty eight total tackles uh, in his five seasons of playing. Six interceptions. Um, 28 starts. So if anything, you're bringing a lot of maturity into that room. Uh, the Gators certainly are, are young in their entire secondary and definitely young in the safety room. Add him, add Bridges, um, you know, and hopefully another continued year of, of development from the guys that you already have on the roster. And, and I think that you should feel a lot more confident about the Gators secondary with the addition of him into that room. Certainly, I think Will Turner or Will Harris, pardon me, coming in helped land Asa Turner. Uh, but but again, you know, a, a good program guy. Hopefully, he can come and be a an impact player for the Gators. And you know, I would imagine that he is going uh, to start uh, for the Gators. Likely, um, does seem to be a short tackler. Uh, I know Edward just said that in the comments as well. So again, we'll see. But uh, you know, right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident in what could be a, a hopefully improved Gator secondary going into next year. Yeah, don't need any RJ Moltons uh coming in here. So I do like his film a little bit bit better 
Then I like RJ's. Uh, and back to the like, it's not race baiting, but we all we have differences, just like this show. Uh, we all have differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as long as those are intentions, whatever conversations, humor. Uh, I'm a big comedian guy, so I watch a lot of yeah. comedy. And then, you know, comedians always, you know, talk about those type of things, differences and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But as long as the intentions are pure and it's, and it's about bringing everybody together and humor or whatever it may be, is not baiting. I'm not doing it to, you know, divide. It's always to bring people together and to have a good, good laugh. Yeah, let Rashard Mendenhall know we got our safety. <laughs> Rashard Mendenhall was wilding with his, with his. <laughs> that was baiting. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, oh, go ahead. Well, real quick. Yeah. So, I, I like what Florida's done in the transfer portal. And, and I, I know that's uh, a couple of years in a row that fans have not liked what they've done in the transfer portal. But I think. Uh, Pup Howard's a guy that could start. I think Asa Turner's a guy that could start. Um, Chamiri DK's going to start. Um, Brandon Crenshaw going to start. Slackman going to start. And DJ Douglas is a guy who I think can start at that nickel spot. So I think you mm. looked at the roster and said, hey, listen, we need help on defense. The defense was not good. And you went out and picked up three, four guys on defense from the portal that can start. It might not be um, the Walter Nolan name that fans wanted to go and get. But I think Florida in the transfer portal has looked at deficiencies from the year before and have done mm-hmm. a good job to fill those needs, whether it's the five-star or whatever big blockbuster name uh, or not. Uh, we can get upset about whatever we want, but uh, and obviously these things still need to play out. We looked at the last transfer portal class and I thought, man, they really got better on the offensive line. Uh, and the narrator then told me that that was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think we've done enough, though? I, I do like some of the additions we've made, but I think uh, Billy ha- has to land uh, players on the defense to to fix a lot of problems because that mm-hmm. defense was horrid last year. But I think he also needs to land enough players to get you a, a winning record. Yeah. And looking at the teams on our schedule, what they've added through the portal, mm-hmm. you know, um, the rosters that they have, why it's a lot of opportunity because there's a lot of unknowns. Teams went a lot of teams went all in. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we've done enough to get a winning record next fall. It's it's so I do like the additions we made, but I don't know if we, we're good enough to go win seven, eight games with what we brought in so far. And there is another window uh, in the spring as well. Yeah, I think the spring portal will be active. Um a a hard bottom line note there would be you can't transfer from SEC to SEC. So any mm. transfers you get in the spring portal um, are not coming from SEC programs. Um, now you didn't get many transfers from SEC programs. I think is it just just pup or pup Devin Manuel. Um, so it's not like you you prioritize that uh, in the first portal. But I think that you'll there there will be more action in the spring portal. Um, as guys either graduate, there's the NCAA is not enforcing, uh, the one-time transfer rule. So you've got guys who could be going to their third school in the spring, transfer to a school, saw that things weren't going to shake out or, Hey, the grass wasn't greener here. Let me try another backyard. Um, so I think the spring portal will be active. Uh, and I think Florida's at 85 or 86 guys on scholarship right now. So they're going to have to have some attrition. Uh, from the roster still to go. And, and um, what did they have? 21 leave after the season. Um, yeah. I think you're going to see more. Um, and, and this is, 
you know, the, the sky is falling whenever guys transfer. Um, but like you, you just went, you, you just went under 500. So yeah, get some guys, get some new guys on the roster. I'm not really going to be crying over guys leaving from a five and seven team. What is Will Norman doing? I know he entered the portal, but it appears to not if have you, went anywhere. He took a couple of visits. Going to Marshall. If you know, Marshall. you know. Uh, if you know, you know. And uh, it looks like he'll be going to Marshall. Okay. I think I'm picking well, up what you're throwing down, Nick. I don't know what I don't know, but I think I know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons. There's really one reason people go to Marshall. They love the beauty of West Virginia. That's um, it. Country so, roads. So the like only girls, like girls with missing teeth. Yeah. So Nick, you had it right. Twenty-one outgoing transfers. Technically, there's twenty-two, but uh, Manny Nunnery withdrew. I'm sorry, there was twenty-two. Manny Nunnery would have been number twenty-three. Well, they're counting um, Keontae Goodwin. Um, in, in oh, that in there. Portal, I think as well. Yeah. So Ty Bowman. Um, Carlson Joseph, who is a walk-on, and Adam Mihalik are the only ones without teams uh, right now. So, uh, But again, that group we've mentioned, I think every name, Joey Slackman, Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon, Shamir DK, Devin Manuel, Trequas Bridges, DJ Douglas, George Gums, Clay Millen, Grayson Howard, Pop Howard, Asa Turner, and then technically Jameer Grimsley uh, is a transfer as well so 22 out 11 in very nice but no uh to answer your question silk i, I don't know if the gators are uh, really significantly better as a program i think that they're maybe a little bit more deep uh, i think that you have to really hope and pray that your strategy and in, in recruiting pretty well uh, and those guys continuing to develop is, is where the Gators need uh, a lot of hope and prayer uh, and just continued development. But I, I look at the the schedule that they have. I look at some of the talent that other teams got. And, and listen, I know that there's a lot of marketing behind some of these highly ranked four and five star guys. And that's why when a lot of these guys will announce, you know, no offense to a lot of these recruiting sites, you always know if a player's done well based on their transfer announcement and the picture getting posted, right? They'll wait, say wait, wait, wait. a what's 2021 five-star wide receiver okay. has committed to Miami. And everybody's like, oh, wow, they got a five-star. And then you look at their stats and they have like nine catches for 61 yards and a touchdown, right? Or if they highlight the stats, that's how you can kind of know. But I think a lot of people get – you know, caught up in the hype of this guy was a five-star in the past or was a four-star uh, in the past, or maybe it was a, a recruitment that you were involved in, or maybe it was a recruitment that you remember notably. doesn't necessarily translate to that guy still continuing to be that that four- or five-star uh, player anymore. That was a projection based on high school. Things change. So I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I, I think that you can look at some schools really went in and did very well in the transfer portal class. And I think that Florida just did okay. I think that they added some some good pieces. I think that Joey Slackman is a really good get. Uh, I wish he could have done a little bit more on the offensive line. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much closer the Gators are to riding the ship with the new transfer portal class. Yeah, it, uh, I, was, I was looking forward to what kind of uh, – tinfoil hat take you were going to have there but unfortunately for me that was pretty measured uh 
in your yeah. reasoning. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, always measured. <laughs> um, Tin foil hats here, pal. The the offensive line will be interesting to me. So I thought, you know, hey, Devin Manuel is a good player, and then PFF's not the end all be all, but he rated at or below uh, Damian George at right tackle last year for Arkansas, um, which kind of soured the milk a little bit there. Um, but I think you have options uh, along the offensive line. That's obviously a huge area. Like we can talk about, I did a story and I think Florida's running back room could be better than it was last year, even with the loss of Trevor Etienne. I've said yeah. multiple times, I thought losing Etienne was worse for perception than it was for um, production. I think you get Montrell back. Um, Trayon Webb's really good. I really like Kanan Daniels um, and, and Jaden Boss. So I think you're you have more pieces there, more depth, um, and still really talented players. But none of that matters if you're having to break three tackles to to get a one yard gain. And that's um, what Etn did better than the other guys. Yeah. I think he just has like more. He had more burst than Montreal, right. so he was breaking his tackle at the line of scrimmage to gain five, whereas Montrell's breaking his two yards in, in behind the line of scrimmage to get back to the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and I talked even talked to Jabbar Jaluk about that, um, and, and Jaluk was like, yeah, he just had a little bit more burst, but they think that Montrell will have a, a great year, and, and I think he'll have probably more carries. I don't know that it'll be the 50-50 with Montrell and, and Webb that it was with Montrell and, and Trevor. I think you might get like 60% of the carries, and I think they think that Montrell almost kind of like that Ricky Williams, uh, talking about like a Dolphins, like Ricky Williams got better the more carries he got. It's almost like he needed to warm up a little bit. Uh, mm. I think they view Montrell kind of like that, which if they're telling me they view him like that, it's like, well, all right, well. It's his fourth Ricky year in college. It's his fourth year in college, and you really haven't really haven't used him at all like that. So is this a new thought right. process? Hmm. Running back is going to be interesting to me. I, I want to see. I do like. The, I love the room, and I love both freshmen that we brought in. I want to mm -hmm. see because uh, I heard that Cam Carroll injury was 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 brutal. So I want to see how he bounced back. Uh, Montreal and of course uh, Webb, uh, two two very good running backs or good good to very good running backs. I think. Uh, it depends on the freshmen, how they pick up blocking schemes and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I do think Kanan Daniels and Jaden Ball have a high ceilings. And if they could pick up, you know, pass blocking, you know, fairly, fairly early, I think those guys could get some touches and jump into that, that rotation. It just depends on what Cam Carroll bounce back looks like, uh, how many touches you give him in spring coming off an injury like that. Like, I want to see how we play spring ball, but I'm, I think very highly of both of those true freshman running backs that's coming in. And I don't, yeah, I don't I think, think we miss a beat at, at, with uh with each I him think, leaving. I think that Cam would be very limited in the spring. Um, mm -hmm. Also, Kane and Daniels played quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. He played any position that didn't involve blocking. And, right. And, and the number of times he carried the ball – in 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 his uh, Mississippi high school, couldn't imagine he was asked to block even once. So it's going to be a whole new world. Uh, shout out to Aladdin uh, for Kane and Daniels when he's <laughs> asked always, to. When he's asked, on the show, we always shout out Aladdin, yeah. <laughs> when he's asked to block anybody, let alone 
hey, Shamar James is blitzing on this play. You need to stop number six. All right, bet, coach, no problem. And then you've got a 230-pound linebacker shoving his face mask into your chest, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A lot of yeah. blocking is want to, bro. You got to want to put your face in, in, in a blender yeah. a little bit. Um, and I don't think uh, Trevor, Trevor, uh, Travis Etienne, Trevor Etienne was was into that. But blocking is is the main part. Like, we fixed the offensive line. We're going to fix a lot of our problems on, on the entire offense. So while we do like our running back room, we got to get the O-line together for us to get some real progress and get a winning season next year, which is very important to this this whole outfit. It's mm. getting a winning season. Yep. Speaking of important outfits to get fixed before uh, next season, the Gators are trying to improve special teams and game changing. Uh, Chris Couch, as everybody knows, uh, is the current game changing coordinator, game changer coordinator. As far as we know, still the game changer coordinator, but the Gators did add Joe Houston, who was the assistant special teams coach with the New England Patriots to their roster of, I guess, unlimited office space in the new uh, football-only facility. Uh, so Joe Houston will be joining as a uh, off-the-field special teams analyst. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Can he count to 11? Um, <laughs> what what do we got to do to get on the field, off, you know, special teams coach, Whatever that may be, because I don't know how these off the field roles work, and if they could actually count players and put them on the little the little circle thing that Nick was talking about to make sure we got eleven. Uh, but I do like that we're making some type of changes in that department because we do need to get eleven players on the field, and we also just need to get more. There's opportunities in special teams that we just haven't got any sauce, any juice, any momentum in that capacity. It's just been a, a you know a big stain on the program since this this whole committee or this whole coaching staff has gotten here so i don't know if this is the fix i need an on the field coach but i do like the effort of some sort but i don't know if this fixes everything that we need that's my take i don't know that so and listen i've probably led the charge about special teams um but i don't know that you need an on-field coach um if you're saying and you're convinced that none of the analysts that Florida has do any coaching while at practice or on the sidelines during games, because that's against NCAA rule. Um, then yeah, sure. You definitely need an on-field coach. Um, but if you live in the real world where the NCAA is not sending uh, NCAA cops to every single practice and that an analyst might sneak in a coaching word or two, um, then you don't need to, I guess, quote, waste one of those on-field coaching jobs. I mean, Billy Gonzalez uh, and Jabbar Jaluk both have experience um, and coaching special teams is kind of uh, a all hands on deck. Everyone's got a, like a little bit um, to do with it. I will say I was given some stats. Take them for what you will. But since 2021, Florida has improved in net punting average, gross punting average, punt return defense, Punt return average, kickoff return defense efficiency, kickoff return average and efficiency, and their field goal percentage. Um, it's there's wow. some hidden yardage. There's hidden yardages where Florida has done it better. Sounds like Florida probably didn't need to hire another special teams coach then, Nick. Huh? It seems like all our problems. Yeah, have been if you don't solved. watch the games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, listen, you just you watch the box there? score and PFF, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But if you turn the game on, we put eight players on the field or, or 12 on there, and it's a penalty and it costs a field position and a whole lot of other stuff. Then you congratulations, can congratulations. We've moved punting from 42.1 yards to 42.2, you know, important. Uh, Tommy Townsend, uh, wildly important for the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Uh, for sure, punting, shout out to Johnny. punting yeah. is important, Tommy. Tommy, shout out, well, shout out to both, you know, yeah, shout, shout out to both, shout out to the entire Townsend clan. Yeah, my thing is, who who do you hold accountable? Like the media is going to want somebody to hold accountable when special teams run out, the incorrect amount of people. It's couch. Have, so couches, couches still. So it's it's an interesting dynamic because there were two guys last year. Brandon Taylor was a graduate assistant. Chris Couch was a uh, the game changing coordinator analyst. Um, right, but. Brandon Taylor was given more of those game day responsibilities, which again, um, not out here trying to dry snitch, but like if you watch the games, uh, Brandon Taylor's doing a lot of what looks like coaching on the sideline um, as a graduate assistant. And Chris Couch was doing a little bit less. And that was a move they made uh, in season. Now, I would I was told that Joe Houston and Chris Couch will work together. Couch is not his boss, Houston, is not Couch's boss. So he, Joe Houston, is an assistant. Couch is still the game changer coordinator. We fly loose and free with our titles uh, in Gainesville. You don't like it. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, you know, obviously, anything can happen. Anything can change. Uh, he does seem to not only have football experience, but he is a former kicker from USC. Uh, was the special teams coach at Alabama in 2020 uh, and then was at Iowa State for four seasons, including as a special teams coordinator in 2018. Uh, and then again was the assistant special teams coach at the New England Patriots, which certainly sounds to me like he is uh, probably even more qualified uh, than maybe the person that's in the role now but uh you we've been asking fans have been asking for improvements to be made um seems like at least they're trying to throw some hail marys if you will um on trying to to rectify and change things and i know that there's a lot of thoughts and opinions on on billy napier and this coaching staff but i i, I think at least there seems to be an effort to be made right um a lot of questions about the defensive side of the ball, questions about strength and conditioning and nutrition, questions about special teams. I think that there's at least an effort there to try to improve. We'll see. I still think that there needs to be some additional changes on the offensive side of the ball. We potentially have some expiring contracts in the next few days. We're still – well, we're not. Nick is waiting on some Freedom of Information Act information on if those – individuals have maybe gotten extended or not but i would not be surprised if there's at least maybe one uh, more change to be expected um, but at least we're throwing some hail marys now it's a matter of are those hail marys good enough uh to improve and make the gators better so rob selling stapleton contracts expire wednesday uh if we don't bring one of those go guys back what additions because that's two offensive line coaches uh, what additions to the offensive side of the ball do we make? Like, uh, even if you bring in an OC, he has to coach a position group. So, how do you guys think that work out? You're, You're muted, on Nick. Nick. On the OC. Say what? Didn't have to if you get rid of 
an offensive line coach, you have every position still covered. Um, you have a running backs coach. You have a quarterbacks coach. He, I don't think you would double up on a quarterbacks coach. You'd literally have Ryan O'Hara, who again is an off-field analyst, so definitely not coaching during practice or games. Um, but you have him and Billy Napier. Why would you need to triple dip on on quarterbacks? Right. Um, you wouldn't need to double dip again on offensive line if you're making that change. You have a tight ends coach. You have a receivers coach. You have a running backs coach. You could just have, hey, this guy is going to float around. He'll spend some time here, some time there, give you an entire feel for what is happening on a day-to-day basis. That should um, be Billy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, that should be his role to float around. He I'll, wants to coach the quarterback. Dan Mullen had a lot of success, uh, and he was he literally spent the entire practice coaching quarterbacks. Remember, we all liked the uh, the clip, you know, admire the throw. Dan spent yeah. the entire practice uh, coaching quarterbacks. I think in the early part of Nick Saban's career, he probably spent a lot of time coaching safeties. Is Billy Gonzalez contracts up as well? No. No, no he's got one more year. Hate to hear that. Yeah, he's signed through 25. Very good. So we will see, but the addition of Joe Houston is certainly um, – it was funny. You had a dichotomy of reactions yesterday um, when it happened. Um, you had extreme exhilaration and excitement and jubilation amongst the Gator fan base. And then Jacob Rudner, who broke the report, uh, quickly cleared up that Chris Couch would be uh, staying on staff and in all of those cheers of jubilation uh fell to the wayside so again um it's not a personal vendetta against the guy i think keith Niebuhr asked the question on on three's message board it's like do you want special teams to get better or do you want chris couch gone which i don't think the answer was what he thought uh it was going to be so um interesting to say the least uh but the gators do at least add a coach that has kicking experience and the gators could certainly use some help in the kicking department uh let's see in other news we all wait uh, to wednesday 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 don't, uh, you, don't do that like nothing's going to i don't think florida's not going to huh? come out wednesday florida's not going to come out like on wednesday and be like hey these are this is in the nfl where it's like hey we've we've completed four rounds of interviews with so-and-so like the contracts are set to expire wednesday but they you're not gonna get like a press release from florida um you just gotta look for the moving trucks. That's it. Shout out to college hunks. Trucks. College hunks yeah, pull yeah. up one of these houses. Yeah, reach out to AR. He's probably got somebody. Or who is that? Uh, <laughs> if someone didn't know that that was the name that we were of recruiting a in Gainesville that had the moving company. Yeah, he went to UCF. Ago. He's transferred yeah. a couple times since then. I forget That's the young boy name. Moves himself. But if people didn't know that that was the name of a moving company, you just sounded wild. Shout out to college hunks. Yeah, hunk. to his house to move. Hunk shouting out hunks. It's what we do. Um, if, a st- if an extension is not announced, then I mean, we can speculate some things and start. You know, it's going to be they're loud. not going to announce Quan Lee. That's his name. Quan Lee. Shout out to Dwayne Grant. They're not going to, of course, they're not going to announce it because they don't want to post it on Twitter and then have to turn off replies like a coward <laughs> or Instagram because that's exactly what they would have to do. Yes, sir. I can tell you that I'm, I'm, prob- I'm probably not the only I'm looking at my. My request right now, which is still in progress, um, for contracts for Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, Jabbar Jaluk, who's his contract's up as well. 
Mike Peterson, Ron Roberts, Gerald Chapman, Will Harris, Craig Fitzgerald, Jeff Sankel, and Mark Hockey. So All wait. those contracts up? No, 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 no. Um, oh, I mean, Jeff Sankel, Craig Fitzgerald, uh, Gerald Chapman, Ron Roberts are all new. The contracts that are up are Mike P, Jabar Luke, Stapleton, and Sale. Nice. Hmm. And then Mark Hockey got an extension at some point, which uh, would like What's to his see. Role? Fascinating. If you, if you got a, if you, you got a job, right? Um, in every capacity, like all these guys, whether it's couch hockey, and you're the scrimp coach and you're, you're the special teams coach and they bring somebody in after the fan base has been at your neck about you know strength and condition of the team the special teams and they bring in an assistant like i'm wondering like the vibes of all of that bro because essentially somebody was brought in to fix your situation yeah i i, I mean hopefully writing's on the wall but like why would you leave unless you're forced to leave right Hockey got an extension, you said? Hockey makes a shit ton of money, too. Yeah, he makes uh, three quarters of a million dollars a year. Yeah, I think he was at what point? What, the number three or number four? Paid yeah, top five. strength and conditioning stroke in, or coach in, uh, in college football. So, Yep. Stack that bread. Don't know what he's doing now. Uh, still Don't under contract. Before either. Oh, um, still still <laughs> under hey, contract. Hey, listen. Which when you write, uh, still under contract, they said it would be Billy said more of a coaching front office, like just, basically, just we're still paying you, but you're not doing what you were doing. Very I've good, seen better results out of Planet Fitness trainers, man. Be honest with you, stop that. That he was he had to have been better than Mike Kent, which I would I would fly with with that being a statement. Dude, I mean, Mike, Mike Kent probably workout. slept through the workout, so I mean, that's not hard to do to beat. Mike, Mike Kent, Mike Kent had some military to him. It might have only been his haircut, but he did give off a military vibe. That's the only it's probably the high military type. vibe. Nothing it else was, was probably military. the high and tight flat top. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, definitely better than Kent. Yes, definitely. Put some respect on yeah. Mark Hockey's name, throwing him in there in the Kent realm. I want to see what's the tight end coach on that roster as well. Ah, uh, 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 Greg Worm. Nord. The worm, worm. Oh, he worm. Did the worm, man, he, on the ground and all oh, that was crazy. That, that was the a, worst coach in Florida history, like of all time. Greg Nord, yeah, Greg Nord, and Mike Kent. No, who was um, who was the oh, and what was it? Kirk Callahan was Kirk Kirk Callahan. white DB coach. Then, then yeah, that was not, here, here's here's silk race baiting again. But there we go. That was no, Kirk Callahan was trash. He was selling was insurance the next year. Yeah. yeah. Who made that? Yeah, hire? I think Kirk Callahan was hired. Because uh, his dad was the coach of what Tampa Plant Armwood, Armwood, Armwood. Seth. Yeah. Yep. We was trying to get Coward at the time, I believe. It was didn't it was get him. Guys didn't get him, and then we had a a short white DB coach that has never played DB at any serious level. So that was horrendous. But still, no yeah, Greg was, Nord is still the worst coach of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I was, playing higher. Um, he, I was close with a lot of those DBs, and I don't think. They listened to a single word Kirk they Callahan did. told them. They did. I don't think so either. Kirk Callahan now sells um, medical devices for uh, Arthrex, so based in Tallahassee. So, 
He was, a was quickly out of the football game after his uh, departure from the University of Florida. McIlwain made two of the worst hires in Florida history with Callaway and Greg Nord. Hope the boys are doing all right, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word. And I might check out. Say what? I'm sorry, but I didn't mean. I just oh, yeah. Stadium and Gale at checkout. Anything that you would ever want uh, in vintage type clothing for the Florida Gators or about a hundred different uh, colleges and universities around the United States. Go check out homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stay Miguel check. I'll get you 15% off of your order. All right, gentlemen, uh, the Orange and Blue weekend was announced as well. Uh, the game will be moving from third Thursday back to its original day of Saturday. Um, so on February, uh, pardon me, on Friday, April 12th, I can read, I promise you, uh, track and field uh, will – have the uh, the Tom Jones Invitational uh, baseball will be playing against South Carolina on Friday. On Saturday, the Orange and Blue debut. They're calling it the Orange and Blue Spring Football Game. So maybe we've dropped the Orange and Blue debut. We have uh, so the Orange. Have. They have. They have. Okay. So the Orange and Blue Spring Football Game presented no. by Florida Victorious will be at one p.m. Uh, track and field is going on that day. Lacrosse plays a game at eleven thirty. Baseball plays at four. Uh, so you can do a quick doubleheader for both of those. And then Sunday baseball will be playing and men's tennis will be playing. So uh, the event is free, uh, but uh, but presented by Florida Victorious. Uh, Nick, you have any additional color on that? Uh, no, I think we'll get more details about it. It is nice to see um, as someone who, because of my job, has like Billy Napier uh tweet notifications like to see that he's uh promoting Florida victorious a little bit more would like him to not do it in 16 consecutive retweets um correct but i see like lane kiffin um lane kiffin will fire off a tweet that's literally just at grove collective mm -hmm. um i think florida should do more to raise awareness for Florida victorious. Uh, the screen behind Billy and the players when they do press conferences has advertising places, throw Florida victorious on there. Don't charge Florida victorious to be on there. Just do it to raise awareness. Um, Billy Napier has a Florida victorious polo. He has a Florida victorious cup. Uh, bring that stuff up, get that logo in front of, um cameras uh it's and, and fans get mad at me like i'm not putting it on fans to fund the football program i think it's stupid that the uaa can't that's the ncaa rules that's where we're at i think it's unsustainable to have to have a 15 20 12 to 15 to 20 million dollar budget every single year uh to just keep your football team intact and to add new players uh, but it's the system that we're at right now. There are a lot of big money boosters that are writing checks with one and two commas uh, to NIL. Um, but you still need the collective piece uh, at every school. And I think Florida has not done a good job of advertising for Florida Victorious. And, and it looks like they're starting to do better. Now, I don't know if Florida Victorious had to write a big fat check 
mm. to present the orange and blue debut. I hope uh, not. I could, I could probably ask. I would rather uh, the UF UAA just be like, "Hey, we're gonna throw your name on this because we we need to get Florida Victorious's name out there more." Um, the UAA, there's a narrative that the UAA works against Florida Victorious, and I get that. Uh, interviewed Scott Strickland two weeks ago now, I think, and asked him, "Hey, you're." you're going to be asking people for $400 million. And then Scott said, really to do this, the swamp renovations, right? 400 million is a starting point. And you're going to be asking for four five, six, seven hundred million $700 million in donations to pay for a renovation. Mm. While you know, that NIL number I said is constant. That's every year you need to, if you raise $15 million for NIL, that money's gone. And now we need to raise $15 million again for NIL. And to me, it's coming from the same pot and we hear all the time there's 500,000 living alumni. Um, and I think that you need to get more of them involved rather than just continuing to spew that number out over and over and over again. Yeah. It's, I don't know how sustainable it is. Um, just relying on fans and, and what they're doing in, in those efforts while respected. I don't know if it's sustainable watching the big boy programs that are dropping these crazy bags in the portal. It's coming from a boy. I'm not telling anybody how to spend their money. I'm just saying what it is, but we're seeing the, the big players in NIL and in the portal. They have very generous boosters that are, you know, spending some money to, to bolster those rosters and talent. It could be a combination of two things. Maybe our high end boosters aren't really, super excited about the progress of the program so they're not willing to just throw their money at the program so that could be one of the things but what we're missing is that element of it it don't look like and it don't feel like we're in this to compete with the, the top guys i feel like it's like four teams that are about to come out next year with some avengers on the roster mm -hmm. and then it, and it feels like we're just coming out there to hopefully win some games and get a winning record it don't feel like we're competing like as far as standard wise, I don't think we're making the offseason moves and, and spending things to compete with the top dogs in the world. That's just my opinion. So, you know, I just I fan accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we it, don't... it reminds me of like um, I remember when when Mullen came and Mullen said, like, um, we need the fans to come and sell out the stadium before we win games. It doesn't happen the other way around. It almost is like I'm seeing that a little bit with fans. It's like, well, I'm not going to donate money because the team stinks. And it's like, okay, well, the state that we're in now is you need players to, to win games or the team will continue stinking. But now we're paying players to be on the roster. And it doesn't seem that it seems those things are very mutual and not mutually exclusive. And um, but listen, it's not it's not on the fans to field a team. I just think it, it could have been from a, a, a like leadership standpoint. Like we, we spent a lot of money. We're spending a lot of money. Not we. I'm not. I'm not but, you know, University of Florida spent a lot of money. People are contributing towards the remodel of the stadium. Yep. I think from a leadership standpoint, instead of us throwing hundreds of million dollars into a remodel of the stadium, which most fans aren't bickering about that. They're bickering about the acquisition of talent. If you tell those same people that are contributing towards the building funds to, hey, send Florida victorious that money for we can get talent on the roster. So I think from a 
a leadership direct uh, a perspective that it could be we could be led a little bit different. Some of these fans don't know about NIL like that. Like we assume that the average fan on Twitter and they know that they need to be contributing their funds toward NIL and not a building or not, you know, a stadium. Some may not know that. And they're going to contribute that money to their to to their university, however how how the university is asking them to contribute, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we're asking these people to spend money in those regards. I think our direction is a little off. I think I was told that Gator Boosters, um, I mean, there's so many different ways to donate. Like, Dan, you went to the business school. Mm -hmm. Dan could send a check. I'm sure Dan gets calls at least quarterly from UF uh, asking for money. Um, And I think Gator Boosters, which a lot of people who wanted to donate to athletics in the past would go through Gator Boosters. I think I was told Gator Boosters was directing some people to NIL. Um, But yeah, I I just think it's, you're in a situation where, and listen, you had to, you had to upgrade facilities. I think when Scott Strickland got here, what, seven years ago, uh, facilities were bad. There was uh, a baseball player who told me he was on a visit and they didn't show him like the baseball locker room. He came on a visit and it was during football season. So they took him to the football game and they showed Mm -hmm. him, the weight room underneath the football stadium, but like baseball needed a brand new stadium. It, it was one of the worst stadiums in the SEC and uh, Florida's softball team had won back-to-back national championships and their stadium was old and outdated. Um, the swamps 94 years old. Like they mm-hmm. need, it needs renovations and they've done stuff. They added Wi-Fi. Um, they, I think they widened some of the concourses, added new uh, concessions and stuff. I don't know that you need to. Uh, the big sticking point is that it's going to reduce capacity. I don't know that that's, or I know that's not the goal, but also the stadium was built before the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. So it's not mm-hmm. ADA compliant. It was just grandfathered in because it was built before that. But if you want to touch and put chairbacks in a section, on the alumni side, because alumni want to sit in chairbacks and be comfortable, then you have to fix that entire section and make the entire section ADA compliant. And then when you start doing stuff like that, wider concourses, wider aisles, wider handrails, all of that stuff takes space. That's where mm-hmm. you get into, okay, well, now that's taking seats away because the chairbacks are a little bit bigger than the individual painted on number on a bleacher. Um, but the goal is not to make it a 60,000 seat stadium. The goal is to uh, just update it and bring it into current times, which listen, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I sit in the press box, so I haven't had an experience in the swamp as a fan since I think like Tim Tebow, Brandon Spike senior day. Mm-hmm. Um, and those tickets were expensive. So we were in the sunshine seats in the mm-hmm. North end zone. I could hear God sneeze. I was so high up mm. in the stadium. Um, but like Alabama right now, Alabama right now, just not, yeah, yeah, not stadium. stadium. Alabama right now is asking donors to pay for a new basketball arena or significant upgrades to their basketball arena. Mm. Um, so like, I think Florida had to do when Scott Shurkin got here, there was a bunch of construction that Florida had to do. I think the football Mm -hmm. standalone facility, um, was was Scott here or were they already started the uh, indoor practice facility before Scott got here? But like there was a bunch of stuff that Florida needed to do. They were behind. And now you're in a position where 
you've spent a ton of money catching up facilities wise mm-hmm. and the game has changed. The game yeah, has changed. Indo done before Scott got here. Yeah. Or has at least started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know it was Jim McElwain that made sure that he didn't settle on like a 70 yard indoor practice. Well, that's a Jimmy so, Mack. Made so sure my, right. While he might have hired Kirk Callahan and Greg Nord, mm-hmm. he did all right. Uh, um, back to the facility. But I uh, know but, I, but they're, they're off. Off. Sorry, go ahead. But, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the problem is is they they kind of let them go neglected for so long that yeah. Florida has a lot of very wealthy boosters, right? But on top of that, you've really knocked on the door of a lot of them, right? Gary Condren, Disney, um, Gail Lemmer, and a few others, right? There's other people behind, right? So for for baseball and the indoor practice facility and all these other things that you've done. And now you enter all of that right into NIL. So over the course of like seven years, you asked for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to need 400 million more. Oh, by the way, here's NIL. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we're asking you to contribute to programs that like aren't as good as they used to be. And now the rock and a hard place for Scott Strickland is like interest rates are significantly higher than they were two years ago, four years ago, five years ago. So Florida's going to be in a really tough pickle. Um, and I don't know how they get out of it because they don't think uh, everybody's opening their wallet to uh, to try to solve the problem because they shouldn't be asked to do that every time either. So Florida is about to make tens of millions, if not more, every year in just their TV uh, revenue alone. Uh, so hopefully uh, we can uh, – Divert some money from boosters elsewhere. Yeah. Um, also, Florida Victorious supports 200 athletes um, hmm. across the 21 sports that Florida has. I think when you donate to Florida Victorious, you can earmark your donation if you want it to go to a specific sport. Uh, but if you do not earmark it, that money could go to any one of the 200 athletes that uh, that they support. Hmm. Very nice. It's not football victorious. It's right. The University of Florida and many athletes. All right. Oh, I, I do like what Harrison said. Uh, Dan has not. Said, that's surprising. Dan has not. Dan millionaire Dan um, has not given a single red penny to what? To a Florida victorious or to any of the Florida athletes. I seen I, I Dan dropped news. a couple of bags that I know of, man. Yeah, that's fake news, Nick. That's news, in, that's that's yeah, that's vastly incorrect. Okay. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that, <laughs> that is that is a a lie. That is a bold faced lie. Unfortunately, I have given many of my hard earned pennies, uh, even full dollar bills to nil, and uh, without a without even a thank you. Um, many, many, many. No uh, flowers, man. That's okay, though. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, basketball, two big wins, uh, including a game over the University of Georgia. Uh, I fired off a tweet. Wasn't even watching the game. Just looked at the score, and I said, Gasparilla party. Solid Gators were up by, like, 21. I was like, that Mike White is a clown. Almost came back to bite me. <laughs> Some random FSU fan said, I almost came back. And I said, well, your team's on a five-game losing streak now, so you can go pound sand. But uh, Gators win uh, a couple this weekend. They needed those. Um, Nick, let's talk baseball quickly. We've been going on for a little while now. But uh, D1 baseball selected Jack Caglione as the SEC preseason player of the year. Uh, give, us, give us kind of the rundown on uh, on baseball. 
high level, yeah. very high level. Uh, listen, we're we'll keep it quick uh, here. Um, not the highest of levels. Um, I, I think Jack is uh, my 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 thought will be: How does Jack handle this? Because Jack's getting a lot of pats on the back, um, mm. and rightfully so. I mean, he set the uh, BB Core Bat Era home run record last year. Um, he hits balls 450 feet and can throw them 100 miles an hour. There's not many people in the world um, that have that kind of ability. Um, mm. So he absolutely is going to be in contention for the golden spikes award, which is like the Heisman for college baseball. He was mm. a finalist last year. Um, he should be probably a front runner um, along with a couple other guys. Um, but Florida should be really good. Um, they have a ton of power. Um, they have some really good pitching. It will be, a lot of their season will de be determined on how their young pitchers. They have a ton of freshmen um, and sophomores who they'll need to count on. Baseball is a little different uh, than football. Florida has had no problem relying on freshmen in the past. Alex Fiedo, uh Brady Singer, Jackson Coer, um, all played major roles as freshmen. Uh, so, like, like like I said, baseball is a little bit different than football, uh, especially when you're looking at a sport where you can get drafted out of high school and. Uh, you know, be playing professional right away. Um, I'm worried about Florida's defense, uh, but I think they will pitch and hit really well. Uh, but the staple of Kevin O'Sullivan's team teams have been pitching in defense. And I don't know that this will be one of their better defensive teams, but they could break the home run record that they set last year. Uh, I was about as, to say, yeah. Yeah. They set the, I think they set the record for most home runs in a season last year and, and listen you lose Wyatt Langford who had back-to-back -back 20 home run seasons but you add Colby Shelton who will play third base he was a freshman all-american last year I think freshman uh player of the year in the SEC he hit 20 home runs for Alabama uh Brody Denae is a transfer catcher he'll mm. catch play first base DH he can play in the outfit corner outfield too um he's the guy who could hit 20 home runs uh you get Cags back Luke Heyman's back uh, Ty Evans is back. So like, yeah, there's, they, they, they will be able to hit the ball out of the yard. Uh, my big question for them right now is what will the defense look like? Mm. Runs are exciting. Chicks dig the long ball. Chicks I dig the long ball, man. Long I'm not ball. a chick, but I went to that Miami game last year. He's just watching Florida baseball last year. A lot, a lot of big, big hits, a lot of home runs when it, we seen like we was out of games. Those guys are able to make comebacks uh, off the stick, man. So just interested in see how the, the the batting works out this year and the pitching works out this year. Um, who who's the most valuable player on that team right now in your mind? Yeah, there's gonna be a couple. I think the way the weekend will the weekend rotation plays out. Uh, your Friday night guy. Friday is such a tone setting uh, night. Um, college baseball momentum is a huge thing. So Cade Fisher. Um, who you guys will think that um, the guys who you think um, would be able to 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 step in Friday and set the tone. Kate Fisher pitched really well last year. Uh, I think he only made two starts, but he'll get Friday. Um, he's a guy that I think Florida is going to count on a lot. And then at the back end of games, Brandon Neely is going to be really important for Florida. He, he played that role as a closer last year. He'll be back in that role. Uh, and then obviously – you know, uh, Jack Caglion, uh, Jack Tani himself. I think those mm. are three guys that, that I would put a lot of 
uh, pressure or importance on. Hmm. Well, we will be curious to watch what we're a couple weeks away. Yeah, shoot. February 16th. So two weeks from Friday, three weeks from Friday, weeks from Friday. All right. So just a few short weeks away from the start of baseball. Uh, basketball plays against Kentucky this week, I believe, on Wednesday. So that will be exciting to watch. Uh, AJ in the comments here saying that only one-time donations to Florida Victorious can be earmarked. I think after that, it probably just goes into a general fund. Uh, and then Johnny Cromwell, uh, why? how can other programs do – this, I would imagine it's balance NIL and building in Florida cannot. Um, you guys have any thoughts or just is what it is? Yeah, I, I, you know, how you guys, uh, other programs do these things. I, I, I would, like I was saying, I think it's a lot to do with, uh, you know, overall belief in what you got going on that matters. Um, mm -hmm. And in this economy, man, it's just the willingness of of wealthy boosters. You know, um, a lot of all of this is hinged on on that right now. It's payroll. The university mm -hmm. can't itself pay these kids, so we're, you're relying on. This is not name, image, and likeness. This is pay for play. But the fans and also wealthy boosters are paying those salaries right now. Um, yep. Can can collectives get maybe creative with how they raise this money or? The business models to bring more funds in that's that's an avenue but i don't think it's a lack of from this the school per se because the schools aren't aren't paying out their pockets to these kids and i think that's the future of college football is when the ncaa or college football the actual programs are paying salaries to the players of course a lot comes with that but yeah you're just in a in a sticky situation um if you have a, a coach that you don't believe in i think those donations slow down traditionally anyway yeah, and I think they're going to slow down anyway. Uh, I think a lot of donations, I think a lot of money to NIL, I think the numbers that you used to hear thrown around are not thrown around as, as seriously as they used to be uh, anymore. There's still a lot of money. But I, I also think that uh, you know, for a lot of people that have made a bunch of money, the idea of them just throwing it away without getting some sort of return on that investment or some sort of ability for that individual to be marketed, right? If, if I'm wealthy and I'm rich and I built a business and I have the opportunity to to give and donate money. Am I going to do that to support my favorite football team? We're going to do it to try to make more money for more myself. Money. Right. And right. it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say. And I know that everybody wants every mega wealthy donor of their favorite sports team to say, Hey, why aren't you just giving your entire lot of money to the football program? Um, I would say, even if you do, there's still a lot of just questions about, whether the person that would want to take that money wants to come to your school, um, you still have to get that individual interested in your program. Um, you know, but on top of that, are they going to pan out? Right. We've seen a lot of players go to a school for a lot of money to sign with them that never did anything. And how long do you continue to take those, those hits uh, financially for yourself before you're just like, Hey, I just don't want to do this every year for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, imagine so. you give yours a million dollars that first year at Ohio State, then he goes to Texas that next year. Like, if that's your million dollars and that's your school, you're probably you're probably not sleeping hey. well after that happens, bro. Mm. Cutting and this then next all of the fans like, on the fan base are mad. You yeah. know, why won't you just give another million dollars? <laughs> right? 
Just do it again. <laughs> right? Now we need two million, right? Now we need thirteen million. What hey, was the- idiot! You gave a million to the wrong guy. Cut another yeah, check. Yeah. We have yeah, a new guy an, for you to pay. What an idiot, right? And then you get dragged by like you, everybody knows the one fans on you know Twitter that that will just drag you for whatever you do. But again, it's this idea that you have to do it in perpetuity. So I'm very curious, and I know that that's the way that college football is now. Uh, but I think that the fact that the SEC and ESPN are signing multi-billion-dollar contracts and none of that goes to the players, yeah. uh, and on the flip side, we're just now asking all the boosters to just give all of their money to fund everything else. Oh, and by the way, fund all of these players too. It's just it's kind of asinine and ridiculous when you think about it. But yeah, uh, that's the world we live in today. I think it's gross. Like you have, you have to ask Billy Napier. Um, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban. Hey, we need more NIL money. All right, cool. Let me write a check. No, no, you can't do that. Well, I make ten million dollars a year. Like I, I can, I can put a million dollars into my roster. That makes sense, right? No, no, that's against NCAA rules. You'll, you'll get. We'll, we'll just fire you for cause, and then you'll make no none of that ten million dollars. So I think it's unsustainable to continue asking. What is the ROI on? paying players if i had a million dollars to give and i give a million dollars and they buy nathaniel, a bunch of players. nathaniel rogers said boosters should invest individuals should invest 20 million dollars a year in recruiting alone what's the roi on that it sounds like like drag, texas got texas got f you money like that like texas is like look at texas roster and you just go through and you could just kind of like guesstimate what they're spending. The quarterback room alone, you got the Manning boy and some studs that are sitting on the bench. And those guys with five-star quarterbacks that you got to pay big bank roll. The running backs, they come and snatch whatever they want out of Florida, whether it's backs or whoever. They're spending big bread on those rosters. Some of these programs have FU money. And that's why I said earlier, it feels like there's the big dogs and then there's us. And, you know, like we're not serious about competing at that level right now. And that's just being real. <laughs> What, what happened with the – I seen there was some news that came out this past week. I'd be touching grass a lot, so I'd be, I'd be missing it. But there there was some reports uh, coming from the whole Rashada situation, correct? Yeah, was that Florida's like? being investigated. I don't think anything new has come out since last week. No, and we don't – you don't know what is new. So basically <clears throat> um, the NCAA it was looking into – uh, all any big uh, reported NIL deals. Obviously, the NIL deal, which was now been heavily reported on, I think we were all told who were trying to cover it that we were idiots and that there's no way Florida offered $13 million and we were wrong and stupid. Um, I think all of them apologized to us when the number came out, and yeah. and, and certainly – uh, it wasn't wrong or uh, it was, it wasn't wrong, uh, stupid, but yes, uh, but, but not wrong. Um, so the NCAA sent a notice of investigation and OI, which is different than what you would normally hear reported, which is an NOA, a notice of allegations. So the NOI would come before the NOA. Um, it doesn't mean anything for Florida unless the NCAA has evidence or can prove that Billy Napier or another member of the University Athletic Association was involved in negotiating that number for Jaden Rashada. So if the Rashadas had, excuse me, emails, text messages, voice memos, voice recordings of somebody from Florida saying, hey, here's the number. 
or even at the point before Jaden is on campus and negotiating that number when everything seemed to be falling apart. Hey, we'll, we'll fix this. We'll get this right. Um, if the NCAA can prove that somebody from the UAA uh, or the coaching staff was involved in negotiating a NIL deal with a high school athlete or even a college athlete, um, then that would run afoul with NCAA current NCAA rules and regulations. So until we see any evidence that the NCAA has that would tie Billy Napier or a UAA employee to that, uh, then we've got nothing new. If I'm the Rashad, as I'm trying any way I can to recover, I don't care if it's a million dollars of that 13 million. I'm yeah. throwing whoever under the bus to be able to recover and, and sue for some type of portion of that. And, and the and the the part that would hold a student athlete back from doing that would be their eligibility. Um, but if you look at the Ameris right. Mims situation with Georgia and FSU, how does the NCAA know who took Ameris Mims? to that NIL meeting and how do they know what the number would be? Well, the NCAA is offering immunity to student athletes. Hey, we're trying to make examples of some people and some schools with NIL. It's, it's what the wild, wild West is fast and free. We need to make, uh, make examples out of some schools and maybe that'll clean things up. So there's no well, way the NCAA knows who took Ameris Mims to that meeting or what FSU was offering, which by the way, that's a normal contract per month. Like people were like, oh, FSU is paying so much. And I'm like, that's, that's yeah. pretty standard. That's a, that's a standard sure. Caleb Douglas agreement at Florida. Yeah. 100%. Um, I wonder what like what would was shot up in any of it's Cause in California, like high school players can negotiate, yes. get these type of checks. So, I wonder what could kamikaze him in this whole situation. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot that could. He could talk and negotiate all of these terms without having any issues with the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think Floyd, I don't, I'm, 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 from what I've heard behind the scenes, I don't think there's a lot to be worried about as far as the University of Florida and the coaches or anything like that being uh, catching any bullets here. But um, we'll see how it all works out with collectives and, and people involved and all that. There's still a lot more to to unfold and happen. Well, that collective's no longer. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. And, and also the NCAA moves roughly as fast as the federal government uh, or your Ooh. state government uh, when, when doing their investigations. So like this could end uh, as we record this podcast, it could end next month. It could end in 2025. Most likely it'll come out like during the bye week right before the Georgia game. Cause that seems to be uh, the kind of catastrophe that has surrounded the Florida program since I've been here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's nothing imminent in terms of a resolution in this matter. Already. All righty. Well, let's, uh, let's get out of here today. Make you have song of the week. So think about that for a second. Uh, also, uh, over the next few minutes on three, we'll be announcing the rest of their five stars and the rest of the on 
300. Uh, the Gators will have two players, LJ McCray and DJ Lagway, in the top 10. Uh, so good get for the uh, Florida Gators there. But as always, let's give one quick final shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit alumnihall.com on Archer Road or go visit them. Uh, anything that you would want for Gators apparel, uh, clothing, um, decorations, accessories, tailgate supplies, whatever it might be, men, women, children, and everything in between, go check out Alumni Hall or on Archer Road or go visit them at alumnihall.com. Everybody, thanks for watching live. Please make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend, uh, colleague, uh, family member, whatever it might be. Nick, you have song of the week. What do you got, brother? Let's go with... Creek Will Rise by Connor Smith. Creek Will Rise. Creek Will Rise by Connor Smith. Well, very good. Well, everybody, we appreciate you hanging out. Same corner, same time. And we will see you all next week. Already. truck bed when it started raining she said i don't mind got a dancing in a white sundress couldn't even find one dry thread my own oh my i didn't know what i was getting into i, I wish the four-wheel drive was just two cause a girl like her on a night like this make a man want to stay right where he is a shovel in the Through the nerd heart, Gordon like a dirt road, Daytona in my heart. And we ain't even got to the best part. We didn't have a towel, didn't have dry clothes. She was smiling and saying, Hold me, I'm cold. We made a blanket out of that sundress. And the radio won't even let me tell you the rest. Cause a girl like her on a night like this.